the battle is back. It's me, Daniel Levy, your host. We're going to be talking to Benil Dariush. He's taking on Rashid Magomedov this Saturday in the co-main event of UFC Mexico. You guys already know the deal with the Mexican elevation, so you know we had to catch up with Benny and uh, see what, what he's been doing to address that. Then I'm joined by Ray Borg. It's been a while since we've talked to this guy. He's switched camps. He's at Jackson's now. He's taking on Lewis Smolka at UFC 207. So definitely check out my conversation with Ray Borg. Then I'm joined by Italy's own Marvin Vittori, the UFC middleweight that's taken on Antonio Carlos Jr. at UFC 207. And last but not least, Fernando Gonzalez joins me. He's attempting to become the first man to defeat MVP Michael Venom Page. And man, if his style is any indication, he could very well be the first guy to do that. But first up, Benil Dariush, here we go. And joining me now is Benil Dariush. Benil, welcome back to Half the Battle, man. What's going on, guys? How are you? Doing amazing. Uh, dude, I mean, let's get right down to it. You're fighting in Mexico November 5th. Uh, what kinds of things have you done to address the elevation and altitude of a place like Mexico? Well, basically, I've trained in altitude to get ready for altitude. We've been in Mammoth training, and I'm going to head over to Mexico tomorrow. Awesome, man. And, uh, you know, Rashid, does this at all remind you of your fight with Michael Johnson just in the sense that, you know, he's a very fast striker. He's kind of small for the weight class. Even though Michael was a southpaw and uh, Rashid's orthodox, does it at all remind you of that matchup? Um, no, I think that stylistically they're very different. Uh, Johnson is a much more aggressive, uh, and uh, Rashid is more of a counter striker. How do you feel about fighting Rashid, man? Because you know it is a step up in competition for him. He's never fought someone like you before, but he's still a very skilled fighter. Yeah, I enjoy fighting high level guys. So for me, it doesn't matter either way. I'm really excited. I think Rashid's going to be an excellent fight. Looking forward to it. Uh, can't wait for uh, can't wait for November fifth. That's all. Definitely, man. And uh, your last fight, you took on my good friend James Vick. And you know what? Vick was undefeated at the time. He's one of the most durable guys in the lightweight division. He's known for uh, great footwork. He pops dudes' heads back with his straight punches. And you were able to expertly cut off the ring and uh, counter him and finish the fight. But I got to ask you, man, uh, when he got back up from that first knockdown and stuffed a takedown and threw a knee, were you surprised how damn tough James Vick is? <laughs> I'm still surprised how tough he is. I really thought I had him finished on the on the first try. He's uh, he's incredibly tough and such a nice guy too. I, I spoke to him after. Uh, I, I'm sure we'll fight again. Just 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 no. Just what, from what I felt in that octagon, I have a feeling we're gonna fight again in the near future. Yeah, I mean, where does he stack up with the other guys you fought? Just in the sense of you know how it felt being in there with him. Uh, he felt good. He was uh, controlling distance, and he was doing all the right things. But I had my game plan, which was uh, cut off, uh, cut off his footwork, and uh, uh, look to put pressure on him early. And that's what it was, and that's what I did. Yeah, absolutely. And dude, going into that fight, you know, I noticed in the Bruce Buffer introduction, you look so focused in there, especially compared to the fight before that. Was there something that changed after the Kiesa loss? Yeah, for sure. The loss helps you refocus and uh, just kind of get back in there. And uh, when I lost, I really want to get back in there. So, yeah, for sure, I, d I definitely had a lot more focus uh, from the loss uh, and more motivation, I guess you can say. Now, dude, I got to ask you, how's RDA looking, man? Because, uh, you know, he did have the tough setback, but he's an unbelievable champion. And I got no doubts in my mind that he shows up at 100%. He can win this fight. 
He looks great. He's uh, he's in beast mode right now. Uh, we we had some uh, our last workout together uh, was yesterday before I see him in Mexico. Or I'm sorry, it was Saturday. We did some sprints, and he just he's in top notch uh, condition. I think he might be in the best shape he's ever been. That's good to hear, man. He's been putting in work with you in uh, in that altitude. Yes, sir. Well, actually, I've been putting in work with him in altitude. He was here before me. Okay. And uh, Master Hoffa been joining you up there? No, no. He had a lot of obligations back home, so uh, we came here. Uh, but we had uh, plans on coming here, so everything's normal. Good to hear, man. And uh, how about Kelvin Gastella, man? He's got the fight of his life versus Cowboy Cerrone. How's he been looking? Kelvin uh, is amazing. I'm really surprised by his skill set. Just uh, having him in the gym, he's, he surprises me every time he fights. He surprises me every time he shows up to the gym. I'm really happy to have him at the gym, man. He's such a good addition. He's such a humble guy and uh, and um, just so focused for, for his age, for being so young. I, I, I didn't realize he was three years younger than me. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm very impressed with him. How do you think he matches up with Cowboy? Because uh, obviously your gym has a lot of experience fighting against Cowboy. RDA did it twice. I think uh, Calvin is going to overwhelm him. I think uh, Donald Cerrone is uh, he's good. But when it comes to just, I just think pressure, uh, Calvin does pressure really well. And I think uh, Donald has a hard time with guys who have such pressure. So we'll see how that goes. Definitely we will, man. And uh, as far as you're concerned, man, I mean, you told me last time we spoke, your goal is to be the world champion. How far away do you think you are from that? I don't know. That was a, you know, I'm, I'm in a, I'm in a growing process, not only uh, physically, but spiritually. I've come to realize with, with the, with the way that things are going, the belt is not as important as I thought it was. It's more about fighting the best guys in the world and, and, uh, and uh, just doing what I do and enjoying it. Uh, at the end of the day, having the belt at this point doesn't mean much. You get you get title shots more based on uh, how much tickets you sell. So I'm not too interested in the belt anymore. What are you most interested? Just fighting the best guys? Because, I mean, the last two guys, I mean, James Vick un undefeated and uh, Rashid Magomedov undefeated in the UFC. That's pretty much it. That's what I'm looking to do. That's what I like to hear, man. And, uh, dude, we briefly talked about Rashid, but, I mean, I mean, what does he present to you besides his speed, his great striking, and uh, his toughness? Um, I think the technical details. He's very technical. He's very good with his movement. I think that's, that's really um, – that's, I think that's his biggest skill set, how calm he is and how technical he is. So I'm looking forward to just seeing what I can do against that inside the octagon – and, and, and seeing if I can get another win against such a tough guy. Definitely. Dude, I got to ask you, how did you build that affinity for the left body kick? Because I know you love throwing that thing. Um, it's just something I do a lot in the training. And then my teammate, Giga Chikatse, he's a glory kickboxer. Yeah, he's amazing. He has a, yeah, he has one of the best uh, body kicks I've ever seen. So he worked a lot with me, and uh, it's, it's just getting better and better. What's it like training with a guy like Chikadze, man? Because I saw a couple of his fights with Glo and Glory. I mean, he looks so effortless in there, and he's just dropping guys with body kicks. Well, how it looks in there, that's how I feel, basically. 
I'm, I'm just on the, I'm on the receiving end of a beating every time I spar with him. <laughs> hey, what are you cooking up, Benny? Uh, eggs. We had breakfast, had my first training already, going to eat some eggs and do my second training later. Nice, man. You excited to get down on some uh, barg and some kebab after your fight? Yeah, I would love to. That, that sounds pretty good, actually. <laughs> yeah, it does, man. So, Benny, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me right here, right now on Half the Battle, man. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, how's it going to go down November 5th? What are you looking to do, bro? I'm going to look for a finish. I think it's going to come in the second. Awesome. Well, Benil, you want to let the audience know where to follow you on social media and anything else you want to plug, buddy? Uh, yeah, just uh, first of all, I just want to thank you. Sorry, man, I'm really busy uh, getting ready for the fight with food. And uh, I, I, I got to go pick up my car and then head back home and then fly out. So I, I wasn't very focused. But uh, I just want to thank everybody who watches this show and, and, and just everybody that supports me. And if, even if you don't, thank you guys for watching the UFC and uh, allowing us to do what we do. If, if we wouldn't be here without the fans. Well, Benil, thanks for doing this in the middle of your fight camp, man. I know it's a busy time for you, so thanks for taking a little time out of your day to talk to me, buddy. No problem, my brother. God bless you. You too, my man. Have a great day and have a great fight, bud. Joining me now is UFC flyweight contender Ray Borg. Ray, welcome back to Half the Battle, man. Hey, thanks, man. It's great to be back on. Yeah, man, it's my pleasure. Obviously, you got the big fight with Smolka coming up at UFC 207. We'll talk all about that in a second, but... The main reason I wanted to have you on the show, man, is I noticed on your Instagram you're doing some great work for these dogs in New Mexico. And, man, you know, all the listeners of the show know I'm a big dog lover, three German Shepherds here at home. Let the audience know what you've been doing, man, because it's really awesome. Yeah, you know, so uh, here, here in Albuquerque, you know, stray dogs and neglected dogs is uh, something that's unfortunately very normal. It's, you know, it's seen all over Albuquerque. So the specific area that we were living in, we've seen a lot of, you know, we always see stray dogs. We always see dogs that are neglected. And, you know, just one day me and my, uh, me and my fiance, uh, had enough of it. So, you know, we started, uh, you know, every time we'd come across a dog who was neglected, who needed food, shelter, we would foster them for a little while, you know, try to find their owner, get, you know, see if they're microchip, microchip, trying to find their, you know, the people that own them and, you know, almost 100% of the time they were just strays or, you know, some of them were even just left on our doorstep. So we we fostered some dogs and, you know, just put them in the right hands and put them in a good home. Man, I, I know you obviously don't need any praise for that, but I want to personally commend you. I mean, what's that been like, dude? Because obviously you're changing lives, man. I mean, that's a big deal. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been hard because it's, uh, it's something that we're just doing, uh, you know, out of the kindness of our hearts. Me and my fiance are, are big animal lovers, big dog lovers. So, you know, it's just something that that's that's on our own thing. You know, unfortunately, a couple of them had came down with Parvo while they were, you know, in our hands. So I had to treat, you know, those dogs with Parvo and, you know, stay home and feed them through a syringe. And so it's been it's been tough, but it's, you know, it's well worth it in the end, you know, to see the smile that the dogs can have and, uh, you know, you know, bring joy to someone's home with uh, with the puppy is uh, it's pretty cool, man. So is this just a regular thing that you've been doing now? I mean, are you planning on doing this for years to come? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Who knows, maybe in the future we'll end up making something of it. But, you know, for now it's just, uh, you know, help, helping a, a dog in need when we can. If we see a dog in need, you know, we'll, we'll help them out and we'll do the best that we can. 
Badass, man. That's what's up. So let's get down to business, dude. You're taking on Louis Smolka, UFC 207. It's been a while since we've seen you compete. Last time was your first ever loss. Now, I know people are going to say, oh, he lost to Ortiz. But listen, man, with that fight, it was one of those situations where, you know, everyone thought you won. So it wasn't really a loss. With, with Scoggins, it was your first real loss because there's no debate who won that fight. So for you, what was it like taking your first real loss? Because I hear that fighters come back better, you know, after that first L. You know, it uh, it sucked, obviously, but I, I wasn't mad because I, I truly got what I asked for. I, just, I said in interviews before Scoggins that I wanted to be tested, and not in the cliche way where, you know, fighters want to just get the shit beat out of them and see how tough they are. I wanted to test my knowledge of the sport and, and test my maturity in the game to adapt to a style such as Scoggins because his style was, you know, very different than majority of fighters. Plus, he was a big guy. So I got what I asked for. I got tested. It was a style that I had to try to overcome in the fight. You know, unfortunately, I didn't impose my game plan. He did more of his game plan than I did. So, I, you know, I got what I, I asked for, and I learned a tremendous amount from that loss. So it, 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 it definitely lighted a fire under me. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you what, I don't, I don't ever want to lose a fight like that again. Do you feel like that's one of the best things that's ever happened for your career? I think so. It's, I think so. It's, uh, it's matured me a lot. It's made me uh, understand the the fight game a little bit more, especially when it comes to sticking with game plans and you know fighting a smart fight, but also exciting. So I think it did. I think it did a lot for me in my career. What, what exactly did you learn, man? Obviously, you mentioned the game plan and you know the fact that you need to evolve your game. But what what exactly did you learn from that, man? Uh, I learned uh, that I need to you know stay calmer and uh, keep my composure because I got to the point where. I was so frustrated that I was just, you know, I was thrown off completely. So uh, being more mature when it comes to staying calm, keeping my composure and sticking with things and uh, not getting frustrated. I mean, people will watch that fight and tell you over and over that I was just frustrated as hell because I couldn't get my hands on him, you know, striking or wrestling. I mean, he was just stronger. Uh, great takedown defense, you know, better than what I anticipated. So and, and, you know, I think if I, it would have, you know, went my way if I would have kept my wits together and uh, not got so frustrated. So, you know, it taught me a lot as far as being calm and being a more mature fighter. Did you learn anything about your toughness? Because obviously you've always been a very tough guy, but in that fight, I mean, you kept trying until the end. Yeah, you know, I, I you know, I'm definitely a, a killer be killed type fighter. I, you know, I know I'm tough. You know, sometimes I have to get in those those types of situations for people to see that, but... I, I, I don't know, man, whether I was down on the scorecards or not, whether he was going to win a decision or not. I was going to do one or two things, go for it and try to, you know, win that fight no matter what or, you know, make him have to take it from me. I mean, that that's my mentality is if, you know, most of the time if, you, if you're going to if you're going to beat me in a fight, you're going to have to fucking work for it. I ain't just going to give it up like that. So, you know, you know, I, I, did, I definitely just tried to try to, you know, take him out throughout the whole fight. Now, it's been a while since then, man. That was back in January, I believe. I mean, have you been making big improvements in all areas of your game, or is there one specific that you made big strides in? Um, you know, since February, I've definitely, uh, I've definitely worked, tried to work on everything, tried to control my eating, you know, not blowing up in between fights. Uh, I've switched camps now, so that's been a, a huge transition for me. So, you know, I've just been, you know, just still same old, you know, working on everything. I don't, I don't really like to... Whether I need to improve my striking, my grappling, whatever it is, I still try to focus on on everything. That way, I don't become that one that one fighter, you know, the the one dimensional fighter. 
Where are you at nowadays? Uh, I actually train at Jackson's now. Nice, man. How's that been? Because, I mean, it's almost like a, a rival gym from where you're from. Has that been good for your game? Yeah, man. I've I've learned a tremendous amount. Um, things are totally different. It's been great, man. Uh, you know, Brandon Gibson, you know, Winkle John, all those guys have been, you know, nothing but welcoming to me, uh, taking me under their wings. And, you know, everyone's just been really cool to me. And it's it's been great, man. Great training partners, you know, great learning experiences. It's awesome. I mean, the fans love you because all your fights are exciting. You're a very scrabbly dude. But do you feel like we're going to see a new Ray Borg when you step in there at 207? Um, it's hard to say, man. It's hard to say. I'm still, you know, you know, my my striking, you know, my my approach in my striking game will be a lot different than what it has in the past. You know, I've, I'm, I'm working, you know, I've been working on a more of a style towards my body type, you know, as far as my my striking goes rather than, you know, striking like your typical boxer or kickboxer i've developed you know we're de we've developed been developing a style that suits me so you know you know you might see that as far as when it comes to being different but as far as being exciting being scrambling you know that's that's something i don't think i could ever not take out of my game i i just don't know how to be a boring fighter so i think all that will remain the same that's good to hear man and dude the fans love the matchup between you and smolka because i mean Obviously, both of you guys come to fight every single time, and we know that if this fight hits the mat, there's going to be some serious scrambles here. So, first off, what do you think about the matchup, dude? I think it's a great matchup for me. Um, I don't think it's that great for Smolka. I mean, even though you know we're both grapplers, we're both scrambly. I mean, he plays. I mean, right into my style of fighting. I mean, the tall, lengthy guys. I that those are actually the fights that I like the most. I mean, even though Scoggins was tall and lengthy, his it was more of his style, his karate style that threw me off. And, uh, you know, Smoka's style is going to play right into my favor. And I, I think the matchup was great. I, you know, I'm excited for it. When you watched Smoka's last fight, were you licking your chops? Because I know you're a guy that loves jumping for that guillotine. Yeah, I, uh, you know, that's kind of how I always seen it playing out if I fought him. And, you know, I, I think that's, I think it'll go the same way. Uh, possibly even, you know, different. But I didn't watch the full fight. I just watched the finish and... The first thing that came to my that to my mind is, you know, things things wouldn't be much different if it was me in there, and I don't think they will be. Well, that's good to hear, man. Hey, real quick, who you got between uh, Conor McGregor and Eddie Alvarez? Uh, I don't know, man. I want Eddie to win. I can't stand Conor anymore. I used to be, I used to like Conor McGregor, but I don't know if it's the hype that's got him, if he's just too high on his own hype or what it is. But he's kind of a douchebag now, so. You know, I've always been a big Eddie Alvarez fan. He's so tough, but uh, I I, I, I kind of see Connor winning. I, I don't know why. I just have that gut feeling that he's going to win. So I, I believe Eddie Alvarez will be able to wrestle the shit out of him and, you know, take him down. But from what it looks like, Connor's been working on his wrestling. And uh, I don't know. My gut just tells me that Connor's going to win, even though I'd like to see him lose again. So training at Jackson's, I mean, is it a matter of now you got more bodies to work with? Is it the coaches? Is it everything? I mean, tell me about training there, man, because that's a big deal to make that change. Oh, it, yeah, it's everything, man. Like, you get literally almost every type of look you can think of in the MMA game all under one roof, whether you're, you're you know, you're fighting a grappler or a striker or a boxer or a wrestler or anything. You have just about every look. And not only that, man, it's uh, some of the best coaching staff in, in the world, you know, Greg. Greg is a super smart guy. Wink, you know, Wink's an, is excellent with, you know, his entries with striking and, you know, Brandon and uh, Brandon and Frank Lester over there, they uh they do some pretty cool shit on the mitts, so it's 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 all great, man. 
That's good to hear, man. Well, dude, you, Louis Smolka, UFC 207, how's it going to go down, man? Uh, I think I'm going to be too fast for him, too strong for him. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and chase that bonus money again. And I, I see myself submitting him in the second round. Well, Ray, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me right here, right now in Half the Battle. Been a pleasure, my dude. Let the audience know where they can follow you on social media. Anything you want to plug, let them know about the dogs, too, where they can, uh, you know, contribute to that. Yeah, you know, we've uh, usually when we when we do our dog contributions, we do them on a single dog, you know, basis. Just because, you know, we're, we don't always have dogs in our house. You know, it's it's more of when we, you know, when we find a dog in need. But, uh. Yeah, to keep up on uh, up to date on you know everything I'm doing in my fight life, anything everything I'm doing in you know the the dog's life. Uh, follow me at on Instagram and Twitter at TazmexUFC or at TazmexUFC. Awesome, Ray. Thanks again for the time. Have a great day, bro. Hey, thank you too, man. You got it, buddy. Peace out. Joining me now is UFC middleweight Marvin Vittori. Marvin, welcome to Half the Battle, man. Thank you for having me, guys. Tudo bene? Bene, bene, tutto bene, grazie mille. Good to hear, man. You're taking on Antonio Carlos Jr., UFC 207. It's your second fight in the UFC. We all know what he wants to do. He's a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu world champion. He wants to take you down to the ground. How do you feel about the matchup, man? Yeah, I mean, um, I think, like, Jiu-Jitsu is not MMA. So you can be very good at Jiu-Jitsu, but then uh, the MMA grappling and the aspect of the grappling in, uh, in the MMA is different. So I'm not really scared of Jiu-Jitsu. If I have to go to the ground... I'll have no problem. I, I, I'll exchange with him. and uh, Obviously, I'll try to keep a stand-up. Uh, I want to knock him out standing. But uh, just in case we go to the ground, I won't shy away. No way. I will go down and beat him up. Did you watch his fight with uh, Daniel Kelly by chance? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I watched, this, I watched that fight. So do you think you have more heart and spirit than Antonio Carlos Jr.? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. He's a guy that he always gas by the end of the second round, and uh, yeah, that's a that's a fight that uh, really like showed his weakness as well. Like he had he like actually he had he's back for like seven or eight minutes, like almost like four minutes on the first round and probably like three or four minutes of the second round, and he couldn't even choke him, and then he was just like. Uh, Shooting takes down, shooting takedowns, very, very sloppy, and uh, yeah, no, that's I'll, 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 I'll study him very, very well, and then once I step into the cage, I know exactly what I have to do. So, yeah, perfect, man. And your last fight against Uda, that was the first time you fought in the United States. What was that like for you? Was the jet lag a big deal? Oh yeah, it was awesome. That was my first time in Vegas, my first time fighting in Vegas, my first time fighting the UFC. Uh, a lot of first things, but uh, yeah, just just took it and just uh, just enjoyed it and uh, just did my best and uh, and put on put on a good performance. So was happy. Oh yeah, you definitely did. Now going into that fight, I thought Alberto Uda's clinch was gonna give you a lot of trouble, and it didn't give you any trouble at all. Were you at all worried about his clinch? Cause that's what he's known for. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I worked a lot against the clinch, but. Uh, I trained at Kings, and uh, Fabrizio Verdum is the king of the clinch, so I, I, I wasn't scared about clinch, to be honest, and um, yeah, I just uh, I just work like um, to avoid it and then uh, obviously to defend in case it happens, but I wasn't really too worried. 
and uh, yeah, and then I showed it. Definitely, man. Now, speaking of Fabricio, he's rematching Kane. You think he's going to finish him again this time? I think, like, uh, Fabricio is, like, kryptonite for, for Kane, you know? Because uh, Verdum is like this. If he can see that he can take your punch, he stayed there and trade the whole time. And uh, that's what they did a lot. Like, everyone's talking about Kane gassing and stuff like that, but... Because he didn't go there in Mexico before and stuff like that, but you have to remember, like for that, for the time that he had gas, he still got beat up. Like Fabricio beat him up even in the first, like even once he had gas, he beat him up. So, and then, so I think, I think he, he's gonna win again. And um, and also he showed like Kane is very scared of to go on the ground with him, and that's a big part of it, you know. Like it's like. Uh, his his takedowns they they they're not available because even if you take him down then you're scared to go into the ground in, in the in the ground with him so I think I think Fabricio has a very good chance definitely you know what's funny about that fight you know how everyone talks about you know the altitude for Kane well Fabricio fought in the exact same altitude and won the fight you know what I mean no yeah. one no one ever brings that up yeah yeah no they saying that Fabricio went there before but. Yeah, I mean that's smart, what a champion does, smart, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so, dude, your buddy uh, Benny is fighting this for, uh, Saturday in yeah. Mexico as well. How's he looking? Oh, I actually didn't see him because I, I I arrived here that he was he already left for for Mexico, but uh, yeah, now I'm super pumped for him. He's he's one of the most hardworking guy. Actually, maybe the the most hardworking guy in uh, in here. I love to train with him. He's well-rounded. He's amazing everywhere, and um, I think like he will be the champ one day. So now I just have to put on uh, another, another, another win, and uh, I think he will for sure. What's that uh, bo uh that Benny body kick like? Cause I know he loves that body kick. Oh yeah, he he's good everywhere, man. He's good everywhere. He's southpaw like me. He has good hands. Obviously, he loves the body kick like like every southpaw because. He's straight to the liver, so, but he's, his ground is awesome, like, he's good uh, on the bottom, he's good on top position, he's active everywhere, he's a very complete fighter, I, I really love to train with him, and, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's very good, very, 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 very good. When did you first start training at King's MMA? Actually, a while ago, like, um, I, I fought... Uh, I trained here for the first time in uh, last last September or something like that. As uh, that's my fourth camp in here. Oh, okay. So when you fought Araujo, that was under Master no, Rafael. When I fought Jake Mason, I trained here already. Okay, so both those fights were under Master Rafael. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was training in Italy before, but then the last period I was here. So yeah. Nice, man. And you feel like uh, it's elevated your game to that next level? Because as far as I'm concerned, I've watched a lot of your fights and you've gotten so much better over the years. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, I keep evolving and uh, that's what it's all about. It's, it's about evolving. I'm very young. I like to study the sport. I like to to train with, with people that always bring me new stuff and new vision of the sport. So, yeah, absolutely. I 
every every time I'll, I'll step into the octagon, you'll you see me evolving. Definitely, man. And where do you feel more comfortable at 185 pounds or 170? Because I've seen you at both. Uh, 170. I don't think I'll, I'll make it anymore. Like uh, now, 185. I think is the is the perfect uh, deal. Like uh, I can go down uh, pretty quick. Like uh, I feel explosive. I feel like uh, I feel like getting. Um, I arrived. I, I arrived to the fight in um, good good shape and um, like the, the perfect how can I say like the perfect deal like it, I still like, I still get a good size but I also like uh, arrive in a perfect um, shape like I, I'm not too how the, how can I say uh, uh, debilitate from 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 the cut. Yeah, 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 exactly, man. So after the Jack Mason fight, was that when you said, "Okay, I'm ready to fight in the UFC"? Uh, yeah. I mean, we we tried. Like, uh, there were like um, some some some. How can I say? Like uh, some rumors that after the Mason fight, I could have gone to the UFC, but then uh, that didn't happen. So I had to fight another guy, good guy, and uh, he were just coming out from the UFC. They they offered me that guy, and I said, yeah, why not, for sure. And so I fought him, and I and I beat him up quick, and then um, and then yeah, and then I signed with the UFC. How important was it for you to get that kind of experience under your belt? Because with a lot of guys that come into the UFC and they're not ready yet, you know, their record is padded. With you, you beat UFC vets already, and then you made your your debut. Yeah. Yeah, even even then when I was uh, when I beat Jake Mason and then I was like uh um and then I didn't sign just straight after for the UFC. I was like, "All right, yeah, it's just a matter of time. It's even even better going to get another another some other experience before I get there cuz that how you said is uh, it's about being ready once you get there, but so that's the most important part. And uh yeah, I'm going to show you next like again on uh, on December 30th. Now, I know you're in the middle of fight camp right now, but I got to know, man. Uh, how does the American pizza compare to the Italian? Uh American pizza, you have another question cuz uh it's completely different, man. <laughs> it's thick as uh that tomato is not that good, but it's uh, maybe a six, not more than that. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, man. And even the ice cream is different because I know you know about that uh, that stracciatella, right? Yeah, but ice cream actually you can find a good, you can find a good ice cream over here, and uh, it's easier to find ice cream than pizza. To be honest, I think maybe I'm wrong. I mean, oh, that's yeah. from my from my opinion. Yeah, it depends where you go, but I, I think you're right about that, man, because when I was in Italy, I mean, the pizza is just unbelievable. You have to find certain places here in the States to replicate what it's like in Italy, but nothing will ever uh, replicate Italy. You yeah, know? absolutely. That's, that's, that's what I always say is, like, everywhere you can find good places, but it's about, uh, like, the average. Like, let's say in Italy, like, 80% 80, 80 of the time you step into a restaurant and you ask for a pizza and you get a good pizza. In here, it's just like you have to go in the right place. You know that mm -hmm. one of the mm -hmm. only few places that make good pizza, so then you go there. But if you step into a normal restaurant and you ask for a pizza, 
you better not ask for a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, dude, you're a young guy. I mean, how old were you when you started fighting? Uh, I was, uh, I started to train MMA, uh, 16 and I started to fight at 18. Like I went professional, I think between like from my 18s and 19. Nice man. And do you, uh, get into any fights before you became a pro fighter, you know, back in the day on the streets of Italy? Uh, it happens sometimes. It happened. I was like when I was a kid and uh, it happened, but nothing, nothing big. And, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, not, 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 there wasn't any big deal, but, uh, yeah, it happened a few times. So once you came to the States and started training with Master Hoffa, would you say that changed your entire game? Oh yeah, absolutely. It gave me a lot of, uh, maturity as a fighter and, um, I got to train with the best. I got to see like, um, how champs trains and uh, I quickly adapted to that and uh, I loved it and so yeah absolutely I, I have to say yes so you feel like you're training like a world champion right now now that you know what where doom trains like Benny Rafael all those guys now that you know what they train yeah. like you feel like you're on the track to be a world champion oh yeah for sure yeah 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 that that's my goal and that's what I will be one day so for sure Awesome. And, dude, what's it like being uh, the guy that's carrying the torch for Italy? Because, you know, back in the day, Alessio Saccara was representing, but now it's you, man. Yeah. No, it's awesome. Like, uh, a lot of support. Even last time, the week of the fight, I didn't expect all this support. And this time will be the same, I'll, even even more maybe. So, now it's very good energy. And uh, last time I've been able to like to f bring the energy in the right way and I'm sure this time I'll, I'll do it too and uh, it will help me a lot like to have all, all Italy behind me will be a big um, a big thing for me who are some other guys from Italy that I need to look out for obviously there's yourself but I'm sure there's a whole new generation coming that's going to be big in the state soon yeah uh, there is a, that, this other guy from uh, from Italy that is in the UFC uh, from Rome, uh, his name Alessio Di Chirico. Oh and yeah, then, he's awesome. He's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, there is another guy that is fighting actually tonight. I think uh, he's fighting with a UFC, UFC veteran, uh, Goran Relic. This, this opponent, my, my friend, name is uh, Matias Kevolin. Uh, he's coming up now. I I hope like uh, once he got this win, uh, maybe UFC is gonna look up for him. And uh, he's the guy that beat Jason Miller the last time. Yep. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there is some other guys that's coming up. Like, the, the, MMA, movement is, the MMA movement in Italy is, is getting bigger and bigger. And, uh, and that's very good. Like, soon there will be some, some good fighters. Yeah, and you mentioned Alessio Di Carico. I'm really glad you brought him up. Are you guys friends or he's just another Italian fighting in the UFC? Uh, to be honest, I don't have any issue with him. Like, um, I think we talked once. I think one show, like two, three years ago, we were in the same show and we fought in the same show. Actually, then, re like, on the day of the fight, he couldn't make it. I don't remember why. But anyway, uh, we were there together and we talked for a second. And we didn't have any, I don't have any issue with, with him. The only problem I had uh, that I had was with his coach. 
a few times he, he mentioned me for like stupid reasons and uh, so I don't really get well with him but unless than that me and Alessio Di Chirico don't have any any problem absolutely I know it's my it's in my division so before or later it can happen that I will that I will uh, fight him but uh, unless than that it's uh, it's not like nothing personal that's it yeah well that's good but who knows maybe down the line you and Di Chirico can headline the event in Italy oh, yeah. when it happens you know what I mean yeah for sure for sure I'll be more than happy. So, dude, you, Antonio Carlos Jr., UFC 207, how's it going to go down, man? I think it's going to be a second-round knockout. And, uh, yeah, even even though I can't finish him, I'll, I'll beat him every second of the, of the round uh, for three rounds, and I'll get the decision win. So, yeah, no, I'm very confident, but at the same time, I'll, I'll, I'll work harder than ever. I'll be there on the best shape that I've ever been. And so, yeah, looking forward to that. Well, Marvin, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me right here, right now on Half the Battle. It's been a pleasure, man. Let the audience know where they can follow you on social media and anything else you want to plug, man. Yeah, so they can find me in, in, in Facebook on Marvin Vittori, uh, Instagram also Marvin Vittori, and Twitter also Marvin Vittori. I made them all together the same, so it's easy to find me. And yeah, thank you for having me. And uh, yeah, see you soon. Thank you. Grazie. Prego, grazie mille. All right, buddy. Have a good one, man. Thank you. Bye bye. Joining me now is Fernando Gonzalez. Fernando, welcome to Half the Battle, man. Uh, Hey, thanks for having me. Um, I'm very grateful, man. Thanks. Oh, you got it, bro. It's my pleasure. And obviously, you're taking on MVP. And man, how do you feel about it? Because it seems like you're the kind of guy that can give him a lot of problems. Because I, I know you saw his fight with Nashawn Burrell. I mean, and that was the closest MVP fight there's ever been. But all these other guys come into the fight, they're defeated before it even starts. You're not that kind of guy. So how do you feel, man? Uh, to be honest, I feel Nashawn Burrell beat him. The only thing, the only difference between uh, that and what I might do to him is is I'm going to throw a lot more. I'm going to hit him a lot more. So it's more decisive. That's the only thing that I see that, kept Nashawn Burrell from beating him was that he wasn't as active on the ground but the way they score fights he really should have won that fight he had so many takedowns in that fight and uh I think he won but you know the, obviously MVP's the the hype guy the one that they want to win so yeah, I think that's why he ended up getting that victory what do you think about MVP just in terms of watching him? Because, I mean, it's really fun to watch as a fan, but at the same time, he isn't fighting guys that aren't scared of him like yourself. Um, I think he's just been taking easy fights, so it makes it, it allows him to be confident and dancing around in there, playing around. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think uh, even with his last fight with Cyborg, he limited that a lot because of the potential that he might get dropped by, by Cyborg. Um, he got taken down easy in the first round, and, and I th- I thought he lost that first round. Same same kind of thing though. He didn't really stay as busy, but he controlled three minutes of that of that round. So I feel Cyborg beat him in that round, and and he came out conservative that second round. So uh, I think with me, it's not going to be the same. He, he's going to come out there a little bit more, uh, not so dancey. <laughs> <laughs> Is it a matter of getting in his face and making him fight? Um, it, it's, you know, my style's, uh, 
back and forth, whatever. I like playing um, whatever he gives me, you know, um, is, is really what I like to work with. He's a long fighter, so I can't just be chasing him. It's easy for him to counter. So there's a lot of movement that's going to ha- have to take place in this fight. And um, to be honest, the way his style is, I think I could catch him pretty early on. So it's one of those things that if he, if he underestimated me, it's going to end early. If he didn't, I think I'll beat him in the second round, like I said before. You've been training with any like uh, unorthodox guys to emulate his style at all? I do. Uh, we got a lot of guys here at Team Quest. Uh, Dan Henderson's gym, um, different styles from all, from all over the world. You know, we get guys coming through here. Uh, but you know, one of the things that guys don't really know about me, I, I trained with uh, Master Bob Cheney, whose main style was karate and taekwondo and all that stuff, and and then got into Muay Thai. Uh, that's a, uh, a legend in, in his day. And I was able to train with him for many years. So a lot of the stuff that Paige does, I've seen before. And I've actually got to work and fight against it before. So they didn't know that. But now they do, obviously, if they see this. But uh, I think it's going to make the difference in how other people have approached the fight with them and how I'm going to finish him. Definitely. And what do you attribute your recent success to, man? Because ever since you joined Bellator, you've been killing it. Is it a matter of, you know, back in the day, you were one of those guys that would take any fight. Now your maturity is catching up and you're getting all these victories? Um, I, one of the biggest things, I think, has is, is been the, the time. Uh, just how they've been giving easy fights to Michael Page. Because when I say easy, it's not that the opponent isn't good is they're giving them three weeks, four weeks notice to prepare for a fight against somebody that's really good, who's got eight weeks of training. You know, so it's not very fair uh, in a sense where they're kind of gift-wrapping a, a, a fighter for him, even if it has a, a tough tough name behind it. Like Cyborg, that was they gave him four weeks to get ready for the fight, and four weeks before that, the, the man was knocked out twice in the fight. You know, he, he fought Syed Awad. He got TKO'd, woken up, and TKO'd again. <laughs> So I don't think that was an actual legitimate threat to him because he went in there knowing I, I touch his chin, he's probably going to go to sleep. So I don't think he was really that nervous until he got taken down in that first round. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, dude, what was it like uh, getting into a kickboxing fight with Paul Daly? Because, I mean, first of all, all my friends think you won that fight, but when you fight Paul Daly, the whole thing is, you know, one doesn't simply stand and bang with Paul Daly. But this was a kickboxing fight, so no takedowns, and, you know, you're limited in the clinch. You had to stand up and fight him, and, uh, you know, everyone thinks you won. So what was that like, dude? It was awesome. It played out the way I thought it would. Um, they actually announced the way I was going to fight. Uh, I, I think it was Sean Wheelock or one of the guys that was on, uh, commentating. He said that... Uh, he should wait him out the first round. He starts to gas around the second, the third, uh, you know, pick it up second and third. And that's exactly what I did. I stayed in front of him enough pressure to make him throw. I still was active enough where it wasn't like a complete dominant fight. And so it wouldn't be a 10-8. And then took over in the second and third. I thought I won the second and third round. He was completely running for me in the third. So um, it played out the way I wanted to. Obviously, it didn't go my way. Because uh, he's the hype guy, you know. Um, when I looked back at it, the only thing that I saw that it didn't hurt me, but he throws a lot of kicks. And the way they score kickboxing is the kicks are, are more valuable than the punches. I, obviously, I landed him in strikes in the face. 
So if it was MMA, I think I, I would have got the victory. But since it was kickboxing, he threw more kicks that didn't hurt me, but he he scored more points. So I, I could see how they gave it to him in that sense, but the actual fight I won. How hard does Paul Daly hit compared to how hard everyone says he hits? You know, that left hook and, and everything he brings to the table. He didn't hit me with it. <laughs> um, he was actually able to, the only thing I think he really landed was a jab. Uh, and that was when I was throwing a strike and it, I ran into it. But that was the only, and that's the only highlight they actually show of him. But no, nah, when, when I started pressing him, especially in the third, he started swinging those wild hooks and I dipped under every single one and was able to counter back and catch him. So he didn't land the shot. Um, and if, you know, we ever fight again, I, I, I well, I've asked for that fight. He didn't want it. They didn't want it. So uh, now it's just, you know, beat MVP, get the title and then go from there. Definitely. And do you feel like you're at the best point in your career right now? Because it really seems like you're more disciplined than ever. I mean, a lot of people don't know, but you're a guy that fought, you know, dudes like Tony Lopez. You know, he's a six foot six, two oh five, or you know what I mean? So do you feel like this is the best moment of your career? Definitely. Um, this is the best I've ever felt. Um, and going back to one of, the, one of the questions you asked me before, the biggest change in my career is when I started taking over my training camps, making sure... Uh, I'm coming up with a game plan. Most fighters, they leave it up to the their co the coaches and stuff. But I'm one of the coaches, you know, I'm one of the coaches in the gym. And after a while, it was like there's certain things that the coaches, other coaches wanted me to do that didn't really fit with my style. And, and we kind of sat back and, and sat down and, and had a conversation. And I said, listen, I know I can do a lot better, but I can't do it the way you guys want me to do. I have to fight the way I want the way I know how and my fighting is pressure I like to pressure guys I like to break them mentally um, I know I can, I'm gonna take damage in the process because that's what my my trainers try to avoid for me to take damage uh, you know minimum damage but in that you waste a lot of energy trying to bounce around move around and, and not to get hit and that's not my style I don't mind getting hit just as long as I can hurt you and I know I'm gonna I know I'm going to take punishment, but whatever you dish out, I'm going to dish out three times more, and I'm going to end up getting that win because of it. Was there ever a period in your career where you tried to fight a different style like they wanted you to? Um, yeah, you know, that's – it's just in the way in preparation, the way uh, certain things that that just didn't work well with me, the um, staying away too, much, too long, it's not my style. I like to pressure guys. And when I do that, I know they break because most guys like to take breaks. And if I'm bouncing around, I'm giving them all the time they need to recover if I hurt him or whatnot. So the more I pressure guys, the more likely they're going to break and I get the finish. Now, how'd you get into fighting, man? Because I'm under the impression that you've been fighting for a very long time. Uh, I've been boxing since I was a kid. I grew up in, uh, in Menifee, so... Uh, back then, there wasn't a whole lot of Hispanics, so I, I would get in a lot of fights uh, as a kid, you know, and then from there, uh, everything changed, you know, we grew up around all these guys, so scrapping it out and stuff like that, we all became friends at, in the end, you know, but when you're a kid, you just you just fight, so uh, after that, my mom put me in boxing, and, um, and just to make sure that I, I knew how to defend myself well. And I had a lot of cousins growing up, so we all boxed together, and, and, and we'd be training at the gym, we'd be training at home, we'd, you know, it was it was like that pretty much all the way till I got to high school, 
And then I played football for about four years, and that's more contact. So as soon as I got done with that, I, I had the itch to hit something. So I got right back into fighting and I got it, got into MMA, and I haven't looked back since. That's what's up, man. Can you tell me an old-school Fernando Gonzalez street fight story from before you were a pro fighter that gets paid to fight? Yes. <laughs> uh, one of my teammates, uh, uh, his name's Joe Curley. He used, to, he used to train out of uh, Outcast with us, and there was some beef with the gym at the time. He had got kicked out. Really cool dude, but when he would drink, he would get nuts, you know. And uh, <laughs> one time we are at the bar, and and, and uh, we were all there, and I was still at Outcast, and he wasn't anymore. And he's beating up, beating up on some dude on the, on the dance floor, and they're walking him out. And uh, he's walking past me, and, and I had my Outcast bandana on, and, grabs it, snatched it off, and he's like, fuck you, homeboy. So, fuck that. I headbutted him in the face and started started going to town, and he scrapped it out. And, and uh, about two, three weeks later, he's looking for me again. He's like, hey, this shit ain't over. We need to, we need to settle this, or I'm going to come to your house and find you. And I said, you know what? Fuck it. Let's go. We went outside, and uh, it was the most technical street fight I've ever been in my life. Yeah. <laughs> I come out, I, I kick him in the head, he double legs me, uh, he wobbles a little bit off the kick, shoots in, takes me down, starts headed, headbutting me in the face, and I'm, you know, dipping my head, so now he's hitting the top of my head, and he's doing more damage to himself than me, and, it, and then it's it's nuts, as we're going, my my friend, my side of, is going, get up, get up, and I'm like, dude, he's a, he's a wrestler, it's not that easy, <laughs> you know, as we're talking, you know, and then his, his guys are, are going, yeah, yeah, he's a badass wrestler. Yeah, he's not going to beat him. It's fucking nuts. See, we were at it for about a half hour. I ended up flipping him over, started headbutting him. And as I postured up to slam, he was hugging my chest at the time at that point, slammed his head on the mat, or on the on the concrete, and he flipped me over um, off the bounce. You could hear the thud of his head. Dude, the, the guy could take a shot, you know, and... uh they ended up flipping me over, and I ended up slapping in a triangle. And <laughs> so and so, it basically, I just kept punching, punching, and, and we ended up just being like, hey, that's it. Got up, shook hands, and that was it. We were, we were friends again, and, and <laughs> that's how we left it, man. It was cool. Yeah, man. Is it at all a relief that now in the MMA cage you don't have to worry about headbutts? Uh, to be honest, I got a hard head. If I, if I could headbutt, it'd be a lot better, but... <laughs> But uh, no, it's it's. I, I love I love fighting, so any anything goes uh, would be okay with me. So when you got into it, oh, yeah, exactly. So when you got into it, I mean, were there weight classes or, or what, or were you just fighting at a heavier weight? I was just fighting at a heavier weight. I started at eighty five, and then um, um, I ended up. Well, I was supposed to fight for a title, and they canceled my title fight for King of the Cage. Uh, it was against Omar Love. And they made it non-title the day of the fight because I had just signed with the WEC and they didn't want me fighting for two promotions and me hold their belt. So uh, they ended up making non-title on that fight. And um, after that, it, it became really difficult for me to fight in fights at 85. So I bumped up to 205 because, you know, the guys that were a lot bigger thought it'd be easy for them to beat me. And so I, I saw I won another title at 205. And then after that, I couldn't find any more fights. And my that's when my trainer, Bob Cheney, said, listen, you're a great fighter at 205. You're a great fighter at 85. 
but you're not marketable. If you want to make it to a bigger show, you have to make 170 or, or lighter, you know, where you're going to look in better shape or, or you know, I, I could do a lot better. And, um, you know, and I did that and, and it's, it's changed my life, honestly. Uh, so I, I owe him a lot for that advice. Uh, he passed away. So, you know, rest in peace. But, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a big change in my life and, and a big step in my career. One of the things he told me that, that changed me was he said, uh, uh, I could want this for you more than anything, but you got to want it for yourself more than I want it for you. And with those words, uh, I started dropping that next day. You know, it, it was very true. Uh, he can want it for me all he wanted, but it was up to me to make the decision to drop, and I did it. Yeah, and I mean, it seems to be the best decision you ever made. What kinds of things did you do to make sure that you could drop that weight? I mean, is it obvious things like no more pizza or whatever your favorite food is? Uh, you know, my I still love I still love pizza, but that's after the fights. <laughs> uh, right now, to be honest, uh, the thing that's helped me tremendously is uh, I was able to get a nutritionist. Um, uh, SoCal Fresh uh, are the guys that everything's organic organic and and they also got me a nutritionist with it to make sure everything's dialed in so i should actually be walking in uh fight week about 175 or 170 so i I won't have to cut much weight at all it's good to hear man so i mean is mvp in for a rude awakening dude uh yeah for sure i know they're underestimating underestimating me and um you know that that's always played played well into my favor uh, i've always been the underdog and and i know they're hyping him up that way so he's believing it so just get in there and, and beat his ass and and i'll be i'll be content to, to move on to to the title shot next man everyone that's bet on you and bellator is probably rich by now because i mean you've been the underdog every single fight and this fight's gonna be no exception my man thank you i got a lot of buddies a lot of buddies have made some money so i'm like I'm, I'm planning on making them some more this this fight too. Definitely, man. And hey, who you got between uh, Conor McGregor and Eddie Alvarez? Oh, to be honest, I think Conor's gonna get him. Uh, just because uh, Alvarez kind of is a little more squared stance and he allows himself to get hit. Uh, I don't think he's really uh, taking into account how hard Conor probably hits, and uh, I think he'll catch him early and. Uh, so that's why I feel is going to win the fight. And what about uh, Tyron Woodley versus Wonderboy? Because Wonderboy, I mean, in a way, it's more similar to, to MVP in a way. You know what I mean? Um, I think if Tyrone can close the gap, uh, close distance, he could win. Um, anytime they pressured him uh, that I've seen that he's lost fights is when they give him pressure. So if Wonderboy pressures him and he starts to back up, that's when I think he'll lose. Uh, but if he if he continues his forward progress, I think he'll beat uh, Thompson. He'll end up catching him when he's doing a kick or something. Awesome, man. Well, Fernando, you, MVP, how's it going to go down? Uh, I'm not exactly sure how it's going to finish. It's either he's going to run into a big punch or I'm going to end up putting him on his ass and, and finishing him on the ground. Awesome. Well, Fernando, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me right here, right now on Half the Battle. It's been a pleasure, man. Let the audience know where they can follow you and anything else you want to plug. You can follow me at uh, Men If You Maniac uh, on either Facebook or, or Twitter, uh, Instagram. It's all the same, Men If You Maniac. <laughs> uh, 
And I uh, just want to uh, give a special shout out to all my sponsors, uh, SoCal Fresh, Heritage Tattoo, um, Dr. Toy Chiropractic, CVAC. Uh, CVAC, my God, damn, those guys have helped me tremendously for this camp. Uh, my condition is going to be off the charts on this fight for sure. You guys are going to see the difference. So they've helped me tremendously on this. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, if I'm missing anybody, then our nutrition zone, um, you know, just all, all the people that have gotten behind me, uh, 2XL Inc. and uh, uh, Rover on Main. Thank you guys, and I appreciate all your help. Especially the plastering, that's my uncle. <laughs> And uh, thank you, guys. Fernando, thanks again, man. Best of luck in the fight, bro. Awesome. Thank you. I'd like to have another interview after I beat this guy. Definitely, man. You got it, brother. Right on, bro. Peace. Thank you. There you have it, folks. Benil Daryush, Ray Borg, Marvin Vittori, and Fernando Gonzalez. Thank you so much for checking out this very special edition of Half the Battle. Make sure you watch Benil Daryush fight this Saturday on Fox Sports 1. Fernando Gonzalez is fighting this Friday on Spike against MVP in the main event. Follow me on Twitter at BestFightPicks. Go to BestFightPicks.com for the plays. Make sure you subscribe to Half the Battle on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. And guys, this Wednesday, Sean Carey makes his debut as the co-host of Half the Battle. And we're going to be breaking down all things UFC Mexico. Tony Ferguson versus Rafael Dos Anjos. So until the next time, let's cash these bets. Thank you